Uh, hello, hello. Um, welcome to another episode of Theosocial, where sociology meets theology. I am your host, Elizabeth Escobar. Um, thank you so much for joining us in this episode. Um, I thought it was, uh, I think, appropriate to share uh, some of my quarantine findings uh, during this time. So today is a beautiful quarantine Monday. Um, I got my fan going because it's a warm day um, and family is currently not home, which is amazing. Thank you, husband, for taking the kids out to tire them out a bit and so I can record quietly. Um, but um, yeah, really grateful for this time. Um, I know that just about everyone at this point um, is experiencing just different effects of um, this extended quarantine time, but definitely continuing to pray for those that are either affected by the virus or first responders and either school teachers and businesses who have been affected by this. So I know that um, it's been difficult, but I also know that God is in the middle of all of this. So that is really my hope during this time. So I hope that this episode is uplifting to you, just um, maybe any type of worry um, or stress or anxiety that you're experiencing that it functions as a way to just lift up your spirits and, um, yeah, find some joy, find some sense of hope in your day. And it's, um, an episode that I just in general, my podcast, I would hope that you take it along with you, whether it's, um, taking your kids on a ride down the block because they need to get out of the house or if you're washing dishes or cleaning your house or maybe doing your workout. Thank you for letting me into your home and just being a part of your routine. So on these next few episodes, I am going to be focusing on something that I feel like I've reconnected with. I mean, it's always been a part of my life, but even more so right now during quarantine. And that is my love for reading. Since I was a young kid, I have absolutely been a diehard bookworm and I really feel like it's been something um, challenging and difficult to continue to nurture as an adult and especially as an adult to young parents. Um, I mean, we, we read books to our kids, but just having that own personal time for myself, it's always like, man, just right when I'm about to, excuse me, either open my Bible or open a book I've been wanting to finish reading something comes up. And this is going to sound like, well, such a no-brainer, but duh, Liz, why didn't you do that sooner? Um, doing audiobooks. You guys have no idea. I feel like I won a million bucks by doing audiobooks via my library card. So part of my routine prior to the quarantine um, was taking my kids to the library just about I don't know, anything between like two to three times a week for story time or um, even my son, he got his library card and he was so excited because he's just discovering um, just the love of reading. So I had to get my own library card as well. And 
I don't really think I was, I mean, I think my focus was just like, okay, let's, you know, let's get them established in the type of books that they need to be reading, ABCs, and I'm really big right now on teaching them Spanish, and just, you know, even Christian literature for uh, pre-K age, and here I am, just total mom mode, and just not realizing that, hey, like, this is a really big part of me that I need to also nurture as well. And while, don't get me wrong, I'm an avid reader, I'm constantly reading articles, um, just different short um, excerpts of different things. Um, I just, I, I, I love learning. I've always been that way. And it's just been an area of myself that I love to tend to. And it's just kind of like a way to, uh, like a self-care, I would say. And um, I've just always been a curious thinker as well. And so that tied in with what is theosocial. So theosocial is really like these two loves of um, of what I feel I'm very much rooted in. So I love learning about theology. So anything and everything that has to do with the Bible and spirituality. And then just this whole other side of sociology, which is sociology um, stands or means um, the study of society. So what makes society tick? Um, families, um, entire communities, cultures, just the influences that impact the everyday, whether past, present, or future. And so I was really, really excited when our local library finally got in the book that I had requested, um, which I had read through it um, in my last um, year in Bible college, which is uh, titled The Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by Pete Scazzaro. Um, so I pushed it because I I had the book originally and I had given it away to um, some pastor friends of ours a few years back. Um, they live out of state. And um, I, I think at the time I was just like, well, I mean, sure, they'll have it at the local library. No big deal, right? Or like they'll just order it and it'll come in in a few days. Who knew that it was going to be like a whole like month for that book to come in? <laughs> but I didn't really consider that it's all this process that they have to do as librarians and anyhow. So this is the book that I'm going to be reviewing today. And so there's a few um, key things that reasons. Um, there's a, a bunch of things that I learned out of it or relearned. Um, but there's a few things that I think um, really speak to where we are right now um, with this quarantine and a lot of great reflection and insight. So number one, I highly, highly recommend this book to everybody. Everybody. Okay. This book is in different languages. So anyone and everyone can read this book. So it's called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. So Pete Scazzaro is a pastor in the New York area. Um, he talks about his inward journey of just basically starts the book off with talking about that his wife basically just made a it made an announcement to him and was like, I'm leaving your church and you have you can do nothing about it. And that really embarked them on this um, healing and inward journey to figure out what in the heck has been going on with just their journey in Christianity and the disconnect 
within themselves as individuals, as a married couple, as a family, as leaders, um, senior pastors at this point leading not just one congregation, but planting different churches. And I mean, in the, uh, the book title right underneath it, it says it's impossible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. Um, and the cover, um, it has a photo of, of like a, yeah, like an ice sculpture. And you see like just, uh, just a portion of it on top of the water, but then there's this major mass underneath it. And that's really what the book um, dives into. Just talking about that many times, uh, it's sad to say, but believers were kind of more like guilty, the guiltier of the masses that we tend to fixate on um, what's above. So like what's on the surface and not really do entire inward work. And so one of the the first areas that he tackles in the book is um, this obsession that modern day obsession that we have with busyness. And I think this is something that even with this quarantine happening, I mean, it's like it slashed it right in the center, right? I mean, everyone was touched by just this halt of whether it's your schooling, whether it's your regular work routine or your kids. I mean, everything was just put on pause, complete pause. And I think for the most part, as modern day, just, I know first and foremost as Americans, but um, I think in, in just this modern era, regardless of what country you live in, like in first world nations, like we don't know how to stay still. We don't know how to rest. That was not really um, something that was necessarily taught or encouraged. Like, hey, you need to take breaks. Hey, you need to pause. Hey, you need to make sure that um, you're checking in with yourself. I think that these are a lot of um, uh, trends that are becoming much more predominant due to um, heavy work with like psychology and um, now just the rise in... um, Uh, mental health and just um, emotional health as well. But it really wasn't a conversation like, hey, you're working yourself to the brim or like you're working yourself to the point that you're making yourself sick. Um, And so uh, Pete in the book, he really talks about just how there was this major connection inside of himself, this frustration of working tirelessly Um, And it wasn't necessarily coming from a bad place. It all came from pure intentions and um, just an amazing zeal for the gospel. But in working so much to the point that there was some serious areas that were neglected. And what he did to dive into that, um, obviously things like that were heavily touched were like his marriage, his parenting style, um, relationships uh, with um, his his family and and just the intricacies of all of that trickling and touching all other facets of his life, whether it was his uh, pastoring, his leadership style, the type of leaders that he's raising up and the type of church culture that they were even without knowing how much 
influence. So say like his own inward or non-inward healing that he was doing was being passed on to others. And so I thought it was extremely insightful. I resonated with a lot of things, um, being a PK, if you may. So pastor's kid, somebody that grew up in ministry, um, it very much tied in with me a lot, just uh, seeing that there's, I think in just um, church culture within maybe like, I want to say the last 50 or 30 years of, you know, there's, there are pure intentions, I want to say, and I'm not, this is not like to point fingers or blame game or anything, but if anything, it's more like to look inwardly and be like, hey, where is that rooted from? Like, why is there this like, drive, like overdrive to just be so productive to the point that maybe I'm getting sick, or I'm having anxiety, or um, I'm having unhealthy boundaries or relationships. Um, There's maybe there's tension, or maybe there's unforgiveness, or, you know, you fill in the blank. And areas that are just, again, like I mentioned, not tended to. And, um, a lot of that standing from busyness, not allowing um, for space, because when there isn't time, there's no space to heal. There's no space to deal with an area that is really like, hey, what, what's going on here? Why is this, you know, maybe it started off as just like a scar, but now all of a sudden it's like a whole mass inside of either your heart or your health. Um, and for everyone, I think that. I really love what Pete did in the book was that he just um, did an excellent job of being able to describe the the connection between like emotional, mental, and just your physical health, how it's all tied in and connected. And again, even tying in with the fact that like it really, it's not really something, I think it's very much something new that is being um, discussed today. Um how there is that type of an impact. Um, So yeah, that's one area that I thought was extremely fascinating. The second area, um, which I kind of touched on a little bit, is just this portrayal of emotions, just emotions being bad within just the context of like Christianity, just like, hey, completely avoid that. Like anger is sin. Sadness is, you know, that's not from God, you know, like just depression, like you, you, you got to give that over to the Lord, you know, just kind of like powering through or just like, you know, it's that say, but like fake it till you make it like, okay, praise the Lord, brother, praise the Lord, sister. And not really acknowledging like there is this reality, like that God does use our feelings as indicators. God does use our feelings as triggers. And you know what? He created our feelings. He didn't shy away from that. Like he made them on purpose to be um, ways to get us back to be in tune with him and um, to really um, come come to the Lord and come to wise counsel to understand really what is going on, what's at the root of all these emotions, be it anger, or maybe even just like complete joy, just complete like, uh, just happiness over, you know, some sort of an experience. And then instead of just bulldozing right through it with busyness, like taking the time to reflect, taking the time to like understand, so that, hey, if there were moments of joy, how can I replicate that again? 
Um, so the the third area that I saw um, that really like just resonated with me, and I mean, I was just so fascinated, which I feel like I'm like on this whole <laughs> journey on, is um, it, just exploring spiritual history. And so what I mean by that is um, in the book, Pete talks a lot about exploring the many, many forgotten spiritual disciplines of the early church and just the church fathers and mothers and just what what they did to connect with that, with God and just having that space throughout their day, not just at the beginning of the day or at the end of the day, but that how they made it uh, a lifestyle, an everyday practice to have God at not just the center of their lives, but just to be a part of their everyday life. Um, so whether it was exploring what monks did or what Roman Catholics or just every um, era of Christianity and what that looked like. And the reason why I think that's so crucial and so important, especially at a time like today, because we, as human beings, we're guilty of just wanting to um, just bust out a formulaic lifestyle, like A plus B equals C, the end. And this is how it goes, and you can't break with that mold. But the thing is, is that as human beings, like now being in my 30s, what I know today wouldn't have worked when I was 18, when I was 15. It may not necessarily work when I'm going to turn 45 or when I'm in my 60s. Why? Because I, God has created us as human beings to be um, individuals and communities that are constantly growing. You know, if, if we are a sinful nature, then that means that we are in constant need of him and we are in constant need to refresh our spirit, to refresh our relationship with God. And what's the best way to do it? I mean, yeah, we look to the Bible because the Bible is, it's our compass, but it's also looking towards the past. You know, like what did God do in the past so that it can be applied to today so that God can reveal himself in that way again, you know, celebrating the miracles, celebrating um, instances where God met people in a way of also um, creating hope and creating um, a sense of, I would say, um, I think just like, um, I, I think a connection, you know, just because the thing is, is that our Christianity today is not just a Christianity of the year 2020. It is a Christianity that has been in the works for centuries. And it is important to recognize the long legacy that has been established from all of these church fathers and mothers. And le I mean, wow, just the richness in history. Like to me, I'm, I'm intrigued and not only intrigued, but I feel deeply honored to be a part of that legacy. So, and I think uh, the other aspect of it that is crucial, which Pete talks about in the book is um, being open to learning from a different side of Christianity where you may not necessarily practice the way that they practice, but that doesn't mean that you can't learn something from them. So while I may not today be an Anabaptist does not mean that I cannot learn 
from that time period when Anabaptists had a legacy, had an influence in culture during a certain time period and era. I hope that makes sense. So really, really crucial. I thought to me, it just, it, it really spoke a lot of insight. Um, uh, number four, an area that just really resonated with me as well was the importance of a genogram. And I will mention to you, um, there was an interview that I saw with Pete that he did not too long ago. And he referenced um, studying spiritual history or Christian history as being our genogram. And that to me was so mind blowing. I was like, OMG, <laughs> what did you just say? So genogram, to those of you that are not familiar with it, it's basically doing a family tree, this like extremely detailed map of a family tree um, for yourself. And then if you are married um, for your spouse as well, and then you guys come together and you discuss your findings. So you basically, you basically talk to every living um, family member and try to answer as many questions as you can and, and just um, have a time to reflect. Um, I was really, really fortunate enough to have an incredible professor that had us do this when I was in Bible college. And man, the, the depths of knowledge and not just knowledge, but like understanding in my nature as just like, wow, my makeup as like an individual and just to understand the influence that my family has over my life. Um, so, uh, my professor, which now she's uh, the president of the university, but, um, she, um, she made this statement. So I, I have to see if it's her quote or somebody else's, but basically it said something to this effect. So we may have Jesus Christ in our hearts, but we have our grandparents in our bones. Is that crazy or what? And is that not the most true statement you've ever heard? Because isn't that true? I mean, we can have mannerisms, we can have attitudes, we can have prejudices even that transcend generations. And here we are, we can be professing faith and it's looking at us right smack in the face. So it was so revealing to me to um, do that genogram. But um, now, um, just as somebody that as a married individual that um, this year, really excited. My husband and I will be celebrating 10 years this fall. Yay. Um, I'm excited because we have discussed about actually doing it together. So, I mean, I got to do those findings on my own when I was um, in college, but it would be very interesting to see our findings together so that we can see what our makeup is now as a couple and how we want to move forward with establishing our um our young family and what we want the spiritual legacy that we want to build on our kids today. So I really appreciated that um, Pete uh, brought that to the, um, he really dedicated a, a quite a bit of time in the, in the book to the importance of a genogram. Um, and the last um, but not least, because there's so, so many rich findings in this book was uh, what's called the daily office. So this was something that he discovered in his findings in um, just the spiritual history and the legacy and disciplines of different um, church branches. Um, so the daily office is something that was practiced by monks and just many different 
branches of churches where um, you are ascribing and really uh, intentionally having time with God, not just in the morning, as we tend to do uh, during this modern time, um, and not just in the evening, but having these specific small chunks of time throughout the day. And while initially, I'm not gonna lie, when I first read that, I was like, what? Are you kidding me? Like, I can, like, I can barely have alone time sometimes. <laughs> My kids are always finding me. Or, you know, it, it's just, we have full lives, right? We, we live very full days. And, but I, I, it really brought to the attention to me, the way that he described it was that it's something where it's a way to acknowledge God throughout the day. So it's, it's centering us back to God's presence. So it's that constant invitation, that constant pull of being back in God's presence. And so, um, I, like I said, I'm not going to go like super into crazy detail about it. I've given you five different areas that I think, um, just spoke to me so vividly about the book. Um, I feel like I have to go reread this a third time <laughs> um, because it was just so rich in text. And um, wow, like I, I feel not so much just enlightened, but um, very like convicted, but in a hopeful way. Like, wow, like I have this ability to have this intimate relationship with God where it's not shame based, where it's not based on like, you know, uh, a, a list of do's and don'ts, but where there is true grace and understanding and love. And um, man, like I just, I, I'm, I'm walking away um, reading this book again, feeling um, inspired and re-energized to have a relationship with Jesus. So that was really uh, my reason behind wanting to uh, do this uh, book review episode. So I hope that encourages you definitely do the audiobook. I was so ecstatic to see that the audiobook was available. I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to be doing the audiobook too again. So uh, yeah, get on your library card because don't sleep on that. I mean, lots of free books waiting there for you. So I'm going to be doing a couple more um, reviews just because there was a few things that, like I said, I've been, I've been doing this reading journey that, um, just some finds that I feel um, anyone can resonate with. And um, I just hope that it's encouraging to you during this time. And um, yeah, so thank you for tuning in. Um, those of you who have been my listeners since day one, I appreciate you. And if this is your first time, thank you for tuning in and share with a friend. You know, if you're just like, hey, I just heard about this book, like, listen to this episode review, share it with them. And then, Hey, maybe you guys are going to read the book together. Um, message me, let me know what you think about the book, your thoughts. And then if you have other books you'd like to recommend, let me know. Thank you again. And we will be continuing this conversation soon.